0: Hello and welcome to the final episode in this series of The Heat Seat. I'm your host, Sophie Solaria, and this is the place you'll get to meet some of the amazing patrons, experts and ambassadors behind the fantastic campaign that is Menopause Mandate. We shall get insight into these women's female health experiences from menstruation to menopause and we're finding out how they deal with the lows, gain their knowledge and found their path to where they are now. But before that, I want to tell you about a supplement I've been taking throughout the first series of The Heat Seat. It's called The Better Gut by a company called The Better Menopause. And my goodness, I can now safely tell you how much these supplements have helped me. In this podcast, Michelle talks about her lack of sex drive, her get up and go and her brain fog as she entered perimenopause. It took her down. She did not feel herself. And it's understandable. Hormones, be that testosterone, progesterone, and oestrogen, play a crucial role in our body. And without them, we feel entirely different. And what I found out through this series is just how important the health and balance of our gut microbiome in helping all of this. The Better Gut Supplement contains six strands of bacteria that work to repopulate that gut lining with beneficial bacteria, which improves oestrogen metabolism and balance. The Better Gut contains three strains of bacteria in fact that are particularly beneficial in managing menopause symptoms. I've been taking mine for three months and I am so glad I did. My tummy's lighter, the hot flushes have decreased, the night sweats are gone practically and I'm sleeping much better too. I'm so ready to start the HRT and in a much better place to do so. Now my gut is happy. So if you would like to get your gut healthy and get the Better Gut Supplement to support you through your menopause, visit thebettermenopause.com to find out more and receive 15% off your first order with my special code HEATSEAT. That's thebettermenopause.com. But now let's meet today's guest, our final guest for this series. It's Michelle Griffith-Robinson. She's an Olympian who represented Great Britain in the triple jump for over 15 years. Michelle openly talks about the importance of taking ownership of your life choices in order to lead a healthy, active life during the perimenopause and menopause. She emphasises the importance of seeking the support you need at this stage of life. Her mission is to use her voice for change and to reach those communities that are sometimes seen and not heard. That is me, so what an impressive, impressive introduction, so well done, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So we'll start with you growing up then, where did you grow up firstly? So I grew
1: up in Wembley, um, literally just around the corner from the very famous Wembley Stadium, my father was a plumber, my mother was a ward sister, um, came from a family of four, I'm the youngest of um, four children, only girl, hence why I'm quite feisty, a go-getter because I've had to be three older brothers. And actually, yeah, Wembley's a, a magnificent place. And when I go back to visit there quite often, it's great to see the changes um, that have happened in the place where I grew up. I'm a proud Wembley girl.
0: Brilliant. And what about your education, menstrual cycles, female health education? Where did you get it? Your brother's?
1: <laughs> it's funny because I often share a, a story with um with my older brother about my younger brother having to go to the, the local chemist. And my mum would say to him, right, you're going to go up the road and buy these sanitary towels. And my brother used to come back and say, mum, these look like cricket pads. <laughs> this is something that, you know, I, I've got two daughters now and a son. And I told them how I started my period. I was at school, in the cubicle at school, the loose, And I, I started my period and I had to use tissue in my knickers to... Stop the flow. You know, whereas now, you know, how I educated my daughters would be, you know what, as of the age of 11, start carrying something in your school bag, you know, have something on you. And of course, things have definitely branched on and moved on since then, because now your school nurse will have the the equipment there and everything else, whereas before it was so taboo, you wouldn't even mention it. But I learned about my menstrual cycle through my mum. My mum was very, my mum is very open. She was a ward sister. So she had a lot of information around female health. She was a midwife before that. I feel very lucky. And I say to all my friends, I was very lucky to go to my mum and speak to her about going on the pill. You know, of course, you didn't know the, the historical, the background of the effects of the pill. But when I said to her, I was openly having sex, she said to me, Michelle, look, use a condom, watch out for STD. So she was always very with it. And that was um, quite abnormal, especially for a black
0: Caribbean child as well. And as a midwife, I guess, did she give you fertility advice as well? Not just when not to get pregnant, but when it's too late almost to get pregnant?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a great question. My mum being a midwife and having four children, my mum often used to say me because of my track and field career, Michelle, be careful not to leave it too late to have your children because sometimes, you know, careers can get in the way. So she, she wasn't really fertility advice. It was more lifestyle advice
0: because
1: mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you never know if you can fall pregnant, which, and you know, she always knew that I wanted children. So I think that that's where my mum was, um, I'm going to say she was absolutely ace with that because she was very open around talking around it. And And I guess when I fell pregnant, she was bloody over the moon, literally.
0: How how old were
1: you when you fell pregnant? I was just shy of 32 when I had my first child and um, a geriatric of nearly six days, no, 13 days shy of my 42nd birthday when I had my last
0: child. And did you ever struggle to get pregnant where there was any problems?
1: I don't say this lightly, but I had my first child at 32, my second child at 35, Elijah at 42. But just before Elijah, I miscarried. So when I was 40, I miscarried. And um, that was the first time I could really empathise with all those women that go through several miscarriages. i am being quite neurotic and quite intentional about things I do. After two, three months of um, not falling pregnant, and me and my husband could just look at each other and I fall pregnant, I went to a fertility clinic, which I haven't really shared much because, you know, people think, Michelle, you know, why, why would you go to a fertility clinic? And of course, I then very quickly learned that it takes years in order not to fall pregnant, in order to to be seen by somebody I was very lucky that I was seen after about three four months Mm -hmm. but I was quite quickly hurried out of there and said Michelle there's nothing wrong with you you've got two healthy children you'll be fine just I say this laughing now she said you're having sex too often you know (laughs) really my husband's shit that's not great (laughs) I do don't go back to her again (laughs) so you know it's almost like you you know you need to space it out a little bit more I was so desperate for my third child Mm and fell pregnant at 40. I was elated, fell pregnant within literally a month and miscarried seven weeks later, which was absolutely devastating for me. And I, and I'm not belittling it at all, but I did feel like as if my world had closed in on me. I was like, I was so put on. I want this third child. I want this third baby. I was eating well. I was doing everything well. And yet in the background, you can often hear people saying older mothers, you're going to struggle. And, But with determination for anyone that's listening out here, if you've got a healthy body and your insides are healthy, so very well looking great on the outside, but inside, internally, you're healthy. Do not stop. Keep going, you know, keep going until you you exhaust and explore all your avenues and then, you know, make that decision then.
0: I'm so sorry for the miscarriage. I can only imagine how awful and heartbreaking that would have been at the time. But people don't realise that actually while we all want careers as women and we want to do you know other things other than have children at 18 that yes. it does catch up with us biologically but I'm just so glad you got your 3 and yep. of course your special boy
1: I got my special boy who is 10 in a few weeks time and yes he's he's my he's my rainbow baby but I wanted a boy as well and I felt completely completely blown away I remember the day I had him there was my best friend Tracy my best friend Denise Olympic gold medalist and my mum were there waiting outside because I had to have a C-section for all three of my children and um, because my cervix d- doesn't open and dilate well. And um, they were there. And I remember we kept a surprise of what I was having. And the, the elation was just unreal. You know, I was just like, oh, my gosh. And my mum was like,
0: you had a boy? You really had a boy? <laughs> oh, you're making me well up here. So let's move forward. Though, what do you teach your children, your own children in terms of female health, including your boy? Well, my son, first of all, I have to
1: say, as a as a nine, nearly 10 year old boy, he's more up on menopause than most people I know. <laughs> I bet. And he says to his, his sister, Eden, Eden, you on again, you were just on the other day. And these are the conversations you want the children to, to normalise the conversation. So they want to be able to use tampons for this sport. And I find it quite uncomfortable. It's something that I find quite to teach that. I've just told them to TikTok it or YouTube (laughs) YouTube it. I said, weird as well, you girls know how to find things out. But, you know, it's quite uncomfortable wearing it. You know, I think they they haven't haven't quite got their head around wearing like a a knicker that's going to absorb all the blood whilst you're competing and stuff like that. So there's a lot to be spoken about. And, of course, my my middle daughter suffers significantly with period pains, Mm. really suffers significantly with period pains as well, and wipes her out. So we, we do have to do a little bit more research on that. And again, there is so much more conversation around this and research around that. And I'm lucky enough to, you know, to have a lot of fantastic friends who are very educated, not to the gap, Dr. Naomi Potter, you know, who are very educated around that area as well to, to give me the support that I may need. So that you know. is
0: important. I mean, you couldn't ask for better support, actually, Michelle. So I think you're going to be OK. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk about the menopause then. You started yeah. around five years ago, you started to experience symptoms. Did you know yep. what was going on? Tell us about those symptoms. Yeah, I had no idea in
1: 2018 that I, was, I experienced perimenopausal symptoms at all. And if I'm being really honest with you, Sophie, I never heard of the word perimenopause before that. Never heard of it. It literally was um, one of those things that you think, oh my gosh, where does this end? Where do you start? You know, And, and that's the confusion for a lot of people. They struggled to even find a starting point. I'd lost my sex drive. And um, that's probably the first thing that I noticed, my low libido sex drive was the first thing. And then after that, I was weeing a lot as well. So apart from the sex drive, there was so much bits going on. I was diagnosed as pre-diabetic because I was weeing a lot. They had to rule out bladder cancer. Mm. So there was lots going on with my body. And then we just moved to Devon. So all the time, sometimes you think it's just because you've had a change in circumstances while you're feeling a certain way. Um, and it's only when I explored all my options that they recognised I was pre-diabetic. And um, so then I had to change my eating completely that way. That coincided then with me having low sex drive and brain fog. And then it turned around and i done a, I can't even remember how I discovered that it was perimenopausal. I'll be lying, I can't
0: remember. You just touched there on the fact that you thought you might have cancer. That must have been a pretty scary time for you.
1: Yeah, I couldn't understand why I was being, they did an um, oscopy, it's an oscopy of some sort, but I had to go into my bladder just to check that my bladder was fine. So check, they were looking at my kidneys, that's what they're looking at. Um, Yes, it was very worrying. I had had three weeks of, you know, quite intense worry. And you play this video game, you know, me as a life coach here, I often say to people, stop playing out the negative video game in your head. But (laughs) unfortunately, when reality sets in, sometimes you do revert back to type. And I was reverting back to the negative video game in my head. of, Oh, my God. What if? What Mm. if? What if? And so I was over the moon when they said to me, Michelle, there's actually nothing wrong view, but you are pre-diabetic so I took the worst of the evils and I was very fortunate that this year after five years I was no longer pre-diabetic oh that's fantastic and, and it tied in so well I was doing a, a campaign for Holland and Barrett around menopause and ethnicity and it was on that shoot that my doctor rang me and said to me you are no longer pre-diabetic I cannot tell you it's the best news I've heard for 2023.
0: Oh it's absolutely brilliant news and that's all done by yourself was that anything to do with menopause or was that all just a similar time scale? Do you know what I'm gonna put it out there Sophie and of
1: course I'm not a doctor yeah at all I reckon the HRT has helped me to come out of it as well because I've been yeah. trying all Things for the longest of time. I think my estrogen levels, which because obviously receptors and everything else, was so low, and then HRT has helped them along so much and almost taken me out of that pre-diabetic phase. I'm not a doctor, and I would be interested to talk to Dr. juliet Balfour about this when I see her soon. About you know, is there some scientific evidence behind this?
0: Well, let's face it, it's not a medicine, but it certainly is a hormone or many hormones that we're all lacking as we enter the next stage of life.
1: Absolutely. I was lucky enough that I'd done a lot of research very quickly and I started to find my way very quickly and it's I've only been on HRT now 18 months and it's been a game changer for me. My sex drive is back where it was and more actually. So that's great. My husband's happy, I'm happy. My brain fog has definitely disappeared. Still not brilliant, if I'm being honest. And I don't ever think it will be back to where it was before, to be honest. I'm I'm not sure about that. But it is about, you know, being very conscious about what you eat, how you look after yourself. But it varies for everybody else as well, you know. So for me, that's been my journey.
0: But you knew you needed the HRT. And so
1: you went to your GP? Yeah, I I knew I needed something, you know. And, And one thing that we must remember here for people that's listening HRT is not for everybody it is for me it's worked for me so I wanted to try the eating well all the nutritional make sure my nutrition was up to scratch make sure my fitness was up to scratch and then say right I've done all of that what else do I need and that's when I then I went down the HRT route 18 months ago.
0: And what is the HRT
1: that you're on? I am on um, the gel ischial gel and I'm on the um, progesterone tablets Um, I take for 12 to 14 days and sometimes I insert one you know because there's rations out there at the moment unfortunately I'm inserting it vaginally to keep it (laughs) literally it sounds so ridiculous but those that know will know you're trying to preserve and because I can take it internally as well that way vaginally I'm doing it that way and I'm on testosterone one squirt every other day that I actually had to buy my first lot of testosterone through through a doctor through a private doctor Dr Shahazi she sorted me out with that and now I've got my testosterone on NHS. So that's my concoction, as I call it. But at the same time, you go through dips of feeling quite, is this really working as well as it was, you know? And you're mm. going to all question yourself. And again, sometimes, again, you have to look at your external circumstances. I've moved home. My mum's been poorly. I'm under a lot of stress. Am I sleeping well? Am I eating well? Am I moving a lot? Mm. And I think almost like a checklist. And I think eventually... When I do write my first book, it will mention about, you know, signs and symptoms to, to live your best life.
0: Look, let's talk about this. According to a poll conducted by Holland and Barrett, 51 percent of women from black ethnic minorities, Asian backgrounds say that current menopause advice is not representative and too focused on the experience of white women. You agree? Absolutely. That's my and-
1: So saying- to get involved in the campaign
0: yeah you've since started to raise awareness because of this menopause ethnicity gap I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on this
1: yeah I I think that um, well I'd say about two three years ago I did a campaign for hello magazine and Rosie Nixon was very has been very good at you know leveraging me into these spaces as well you know around this so that's when they first started to show black women get menopause too Mm -hmm. it's not just white women's um, uh, condition deterioration however you want to name it so it was important for me to be up there, to, to stand up for my black women that's out there, because our findings are very different as well. And one of the findings that came out from the Holland and Barrett research that they did was that black women are more likely to get more severe menopausal symptoms than white women and than European women, more likely to go through menopause two years before them.
0: Mm.
1: So, you know, a 45 year old white woman, a black woman might likely to get it at 43, for example, you know, the symptoms, perimenopausal symptoms mm. are is, is more profuse. We will sweat much more, you know, profusely sweating. So these are the things that you can only test these on a black woman, because it's a black woman. And it's not one size fits all, but it's great to have a pool of women out there that you can find out their experiences so that they can then share their experiences and you can find out how to best support these women. And that's the main reason why I got involved in the Holland Barrett campaign, because I wanted to show my face and also for other black women to say oh Michelle's up there yes okay I can identify with her rather than and this is no disrespect to your Lisa Snowden who's one of my dearest people to me you know or your Penny Lancaster they want to see more black faces Mm -hmm. that you can identify with them
0: yeah absolutely and why do you feel there is this gap is it because there's not enough conversation
1: Sophie, if I'm being honest with you it's not that it's not enough conversation there's not enough conversation including these women they're Mm -hmm. not going Right places to find these women. So one of the things I I I said, you know, in Parliament, I say go to the black women. Where do you think they will be to ask them these questions? Understand the culture, so I can get the, the understand the culture because I'm black. I get it. You should be going to a church where you'll find women in their mid forties, fifties upwards, you know, and have a fifteen minute chat with them. But you can't have a white lady from a middle class, upper class background going in there trying to engage with them because that doesn't reflect a lot of them so getting somebody like myself in there that can tell and say so guys listen let's get to the forefront of this this is where i am and, and i'm open about it i need your support to best understand you that way you'll get much more resources out there to these women
0: i was talking My, to dr Nigat yesterday who has heard people from ethnic minorities say to her we don't have the menopause that's a white woman thing yeah you heard you've heard that
1: Yes, I've heard that before, because again, and I laugh, but I'm not laughing, I'm guffing really, like to say, oh my gosh, it's almost like, take a little bit of lemon and ginger and you'll be fine, you don't need to take any medication, don't need to take any vaccinations, you're fine. I have heard that before, and it's my job to make them understand, you're sitting there sweating in church, with 50 fans on yourself, (laughs) getting weight, not feeling good about yourself, and you don't think you're affected by this? Mm. Come on, take stock recognize and do and this has happened Sophie, within my own friendship group too babe
0: Mm -hmm.
1: till almost now I've said I'm not saying nothing more about menopause I'm just come to me when you're ready and they started to come to me because they're now ready to understand guys I'm not telling you to go on HRT I'm telling you to start thinking to yourself what's the best way you're going to live your best life and it ain't looking at you like that
0: (laughs) Do you know what though? I do feel like there is this stigma around HRT still. It's like as if it's like you're
1: succumbing to oh you're taking HRT oh you're cheating no I'm freaking yeah <laughs> you're getting listen you're getting the girl from Wembley here yeah <laughs> take anything you can so you can sex with your husband or your partner whoever you want to have it with enjoy your best journey and get out of there put on your short miniskirts dress up and kick ass. <laughs> yes kick ass none of this oh i don't want to take that because of get on with it <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's too short it's too short and the amount of women two of my closest friends that have been started it last april they are about they've got like that memory phone cushion in their step now because yes. they feel so much better and also because they've been through the journey they understand and when you've got a level of understanding so i'll tell you something now Straight away, your shoulders drop because you say, right, I get why I'm feeling like this now. Irrespective of whether you take anything or
0: not. Just that, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. That's
1: clarification. Let's be honest here.
0: Absolutely. We don't want to think that we're having a heart attack and a panic attack. And we don't attacks. love our husbands anymore. Is it? Isn't that worse? Much, much worse. Much
1: worse. And you're seeing, and, and you know, there's a lot of evidence of, you know, marriages breaking down. By the age of 49 the marriages the divorce rate has increased that's not by coincidence that's a fact Mm. and i think that's probably linked to the women not feeling how they feel not feeling great about themselves not getting the support from their husbands or their partners all of these things will have a have a massive knock-on effect you know low self-esteem you know losing women in their mid-50s in ceo jobs in, in in senior management jobs that's no coincidence so my job Is to go out there and use my platform and my voice to encourage women to explore all their options, exhaust all their options, and find out
0: what works for them. You are, of course, part of the powerhouse that is Menopause Mandate. It doesn't surprise me why you are an ambassador, and why it's gone from strength to strength. Of course, why are you most proud of that campaign, particularly? I think being
1: part of a, a, a cohort of fabulous, bright, intelligent, diverse women allows us to be stronger and to look at things through different lens and different opinions. So I'm very blessed to be part of this wonderful group of women. Mariella leads from the front and we all come together to share our opinions. And I'm proud to be part of it because it's reflective of society. We wanna have Lavina in there, the Asian girl that speaks on behalf of Indian women. We wanna have you know myself speaking on behalf of black women. You want to have different women from different classes. What I do want to have and pushing forward, I want us to start being in a position to go into places like the NHS, where I saw those those nurses, black nurses caring for my mum, who haven't got the time to go to anything and take care of themselves. Let's go in and find 15 minutes in their lunch break to empower them to make good choices.
0: What a brilliant idea. That's an excellent, excellent moving forward idea. There you go. Because I've asked them. I've said to them,
1: what could I... They've seen me dress up going into, from Parliament to, to, to Norfolk Park Hospital. They've seen me. Michelle, where are you coming from? So I tell them what I'm doing. Again. And they said, Michelle, if only they would do it at times that would suit us. And this is what I'm saying. If we said, like, 15 minutes to come in and just have a quick chat with them, how would that make them feel? Mm-hmm. And this is where I want to be. This is where... I visualise being, whether it's solo, with a group, I want to
0: make sure I make a difference to women. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Michelle. It honestly has been so, so fun as well as so important. And we're going to end this podcast by asking each guest to choose their favourite song from the Menopause Mandate Hot 100 playlist, which can be found on Spotify. What is your favourite song from the playlist and why have you chosen it?
1: can is this duh, 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 duh can't touch this yeah that's me <laughs> why do you love
0: him why do you love the hammer
1: well because it's my era for number one that's that's why when I've heard it, when that was on there it's like, number one that's my era number two you can't touch this you might see me being dishevelled in the corner but I will bounce back
0: what a message thank you so much and if you want to listen to that playlist head to Spotify now until then Michelle thank you you've been a brilliant brilliant guest Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with the inspiring and wonderful Michelle Griffith-Robinson. Michelle is funny, she's passionate and she has an extremely important message. And it's clearly not gonna stop until she sees change. To find out more about Michelle and the great campaign work she does with Menopause Mandate, head to menopausemandate.com. Plus, if you like what we're doing, please give us a good review, and of course, share it with your friends and family. We would love to hear from you as well. If you've got any comments about this series, any questions for the people you've heard so far, I'm looking to get in touch with them next year and get them to answer your questions. So if you've got anything to say to Lisa or Mariella, emma or any of the people you've heard from please get in touch with me at the heat seat at menopausemandate.com. and finally as michelle made it clear in this podcast as well as every other woman i've spoken to this series knowledge is power and if you know what you're dealing with you can make a plan. Another great way to gain knowledge is to listen to experts and that's why we at Menopause Mandate love Let's All Talk Menopause. Let's All Talk Menopause is a webinar platform. They run regular sessions with leading menopause experts covering everything you need to know about your menopause. Plus you get the chance to ask these experts your questions. Do you know how expensive it is to see these people? Yet you can subscribe for as little as £5 a month or £50 a year. And if you quote MM at checkout, you can get 20% off your annual subscription. So come and join me, plus the thousands of other happy subscribers who have discovered Let's All Talk Menopause. Finally, thanks for listening throughout the series and for your support. And until next series, goodbye.